0: Who's got it better than us? Nobody!
1: Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On today's Visitor's Edition, my guest is Colorado Radio Play-by-Play voice, Mark Johnson. A reminder that our free show app is available for you from Google Play and the iTunes stores, and we can now be heard on iHeartRadio as of this week, as well as Wolverine Sports Radio. You can find us on Facebook at The Michigan Man Podcast, and on Twitter at The Michigan Man. Email me at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com with your amazing blue thoughts, or call the listener line at 313 263 4842 247 with your comments or suggestions. To get us started today, here is my view from Section 17. We are 2 0 heading into Saturday's home game and have put up over 100 points of offense in the first two games against Hawaii and UCF. Very impressive. Wilton Spade has shown improved pocket presence, made good decisions, spread the ball around to numerous receivers, and was this week's Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. If there is an area fans are a bit nervous about, it's the offensive line and the running game. Jim Harbaugh has said all week he is not worried about either of those. Senior offensive lineman Kyle Kalis said, Michigan fans should just relax. Everything is okay. UCF played eight guys in the box the entire game on Saturday, so we put the ball in the air and the points on the board. We took what the defense gave us. We'll find out soon enough just how good our offensive line is. There seems to be some concern from fans about the defense, too. We were gashed for just under 300 yards on the ground last week by UCF, most of that yardage coming on four rushing plays. No doubt we have some things to clean up on defense, but Saturday's miscues are all coachable and Fixable. I'm not worried even a little bit about this defense. This Saturday brings its own challenges. Colorado runs another up-tempo spread, and so far has been a 50-50 offense this season. 50% run, 50% pass. They have an outstanding quarterback in junior, Sepho Lufau, who can beat you in a variety of ways. The Buffalo D has been very good, too. They have size in the trenches, a mobile line-backing core, and a very good secondary. This will be a step up in competition from the first two weeks. It will be a challenge, but every good football team wants that. We'll know a lot more about this Michigan team after Saturday's game. The new interactive sports app I've been telling you about is going to be out in October. It is unlike anything we've ever seen. Gaming apps are out there 24-7 to play, but there is nothing that lets you interact with your favorite team while they are playing the game. This app is simply amazing. For more info or a sneak peek, email playatfirst at at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playatfirst at at yahoo.com and make sure you leave your cell phone number. This app will take gaming to another new and very interactive level, so check it out. Colorado and Michigan have met on the field four times and Michigan leads the series three games to one. The Buffs are off to a great start and will be a confident team when they take the field Saturday in the Big House. Colorado radio play-by-play voice Mark Johnson joins me next with his thoughts and unique insight into this CU team. Here on the Michigan Man, on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. With us on our visitor segment this week as we get ready for that big game on Saturday is the radio play-by-play voice of Colorado football, Mark Johnson. Mark, great to have you with us.
0: That's good to be on with you. Looking forward to our trip to Ann Arbor this weekend.
1: Well, it's going to be a lot of fun right now. The weatherman is saying we might get a little bit wet on Saturday, but of course we're looking forward to the visit. Both teams playing well right now. Colorado breeze past Idaho State on Saturday, 56-7, and a tune-up for the showdown here in Ann Arbor on Saturday. It has been an impressive start for the Buffs, Mark.
0: Yeah, without question. And, and Mike, I'll tell you this. You know, this has been a – this is my 13th season doing the Buffaloes. And and I like to joke all the time, it's been a long decade. (laughs) Uh, When I got here in 2004 – They've been rolling pretty good with uh, Gary Barnett. Of course, there were some issues there, and then he got let go, and so it's been 10 down years. Now, Mike McIntyre came in. This is his fourth season and started turning this thing around, got some administrative help, and uh, it appears the Buffaloes are riding the ship. Now, I'm not saying they're fully back, but they've been very good through the first uh, two games. You know, the— I was just looking at some numbers that are kind of getting ready for the game this weekend. Their, their first half scores, if you combine the two games against Colorado State and Idaho State, are 80 to nothing, and the total yardage is something like 700 and some to 100 and some. So it has been a very good football team thus far, and obviously they're going to get a phenomenal test this weekend at the Big House.
1: Well, they have been very impressive, and as you mentioned, Coach Mike McIntyre now has gone 10 to 27 in his first three years in Boulder, made some staff changes this year, including the offensive coordinator. How has that changed this offense, Mark?
0: Well, I think it has in some respects, and, and, and I, we, we say he changed a coordinator, but there's a caveat there. He kept the uh, the old guy, if you will, uh, Brian Lindgren, who does call the, the plays on game day and then brought in former buff Darren Cheverini, who was an outstanding receiver for Colorado in the late 1990s. And those two guys are listed as co-offensive coordinators. And they could not be more different human beings. <laughs> Brian Lindgren's very quiet, kind of a – we joke with him, kind of a mad scientist. He likes kind of the diagramming plays and X's and O's, and then Chivarini is just this ball of energy who kind of runs the offensive practices, and so they're very unique individuals, very different, but it's working pretty well. You've got Lindgren up in the booth calling the uh, the plays. You've got Shiverini down the field with hands-on, if you will, uh, with his offensive players. They communicate greatly, and I think what it's done, he's brought a lot of the Texas Tech concepts that they used while he was with the Red Raiders uh, into the Colorado offense, and then they've really picked up the tempo. It's a much faster tempo the Buffaloes are playing with on offense, and we've seen that be very effective. And it's especially effective when you think about, you know, playing it over a mile high in Boulder, Colorado. That, that's really effective there. Won't have nearly that kind of effect with Michigan. But the tempo certainly is faster than what we've seen here in recent years.
1: Well, you know, when I was uh, in the summer starting to look forward to Michigan's schedule, looking at some of the teams we would be playing. I was reading up on Colorado last year. And what sort of surprised me was reading they were 2-5 and five in games decided by 8 points or less. So they were in games against very good teams but could not close down the stretch. And, of course, that has to change this year. The win-loss column is going to change. And that's easier said than done, isn't it, Mark?
0: Yeah, without question. But, you know, Mike, that was part of the process we've seen with Mike McIntyre when he took this thing over. It might have been, and, and I, I say this with uh, with a bit of sadness and disappointment because I was a guy calling the Yams, it might have been on the bottom of the BCS-level teams in the country. For, for a proud program that has won a national championship and has a Heisman Trophy winner and had phenomenal success, to be as low down as the Buffaloes were was really quite startling and quite quite sad, to be honest with you. Uh, so it, it's been a process. And, You know, the first couple of years, there were some very lopsided games the other direction. And then last year, you could see as he was recruiting and building this program, they came close a number of times. But you're right, now you're at that stage, and believe me, the administration with the the new $150, $160 million facilities they put up has basically said, okay, now you've gotten close. Now it's time to win some of those ball games and get this thing fully turned around get back to, you know, bowl activity and and get back to where we expect to be here at the University of Colorado. So uh, there is that aspect of it. But it's been a process, and and so far, so good, obviously, here in 2016.
1: Well, looking at this team, and I've been watching as much tape as I could over the weekend, senior quarterback, and tell me how close I get to this, uh, Sefo Lufau. Uh, That's pretty good. All right. I've been studying that. 75 school records this young man holds. 68 outright is it safe to say this team will go as far as his arm and legs will carry them?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. He's a four-year starter. He's a three-year captain, which has only happened uh, a couple of other times in the 127 years of, of Colorado football. He, he's the kind of guy that uh, I, I said we had him on a show earlier this season, on our television show. And I, I said he's the kind of guy that epitomizes, epitomizes college athletics. I mean, uh, had a, a Liz Frank uh, injury late last season, one expected to come back. Uh, this quickly, they actually went out and kind of recruited over the top of the hand with a, going after a transfer player who ended up going to Cal. But, I mean, all the things that have surrounded him, and he just continued to fight through it. He's back. He's a good student. He's a great kid. All those things you look for in a college football player. In recent years, he's gotten, I think, a little bit of a bad rap for making mistakes, you know, in the red zone, late in the ball game, uh, as he's trying to lead this team back. And I, I say bad rap because when he's been on a team that's not winning, as good as he is, he's tried to lift the team himself many times. So he's, I think he's a very good quarterback. He's obviously put up phenomenal numbers. He'll leave here as one of the greats of all time. I think the rest of the team is finally caught up with Seth, I, You know, there was a young man who was trying to win games by himself, I think, at times, when a team was down and he was trying to dig out of a hole. and So he'd make some mistakes trying to make plays. I think this team is finally caught up with him where he doesn't have to uh, shall we say, shoulders so much of the responsibility. So I, I certainly expect him to have a great season. It's been two wonderful games for him, and, and now we'll see what happens when he has a little bit stiffer test this weekend.
1: Well, that's a tough foot injury to uh, to come back from. Is he 100% now?
0: Yeah, I, it really is miraculous. You no, know, uh, Chad Brown, a great All-American linebacker for the Buffaloes, all-prone NFL, does uh, many games for us in the sideline. He had that injury. He was doing the game with me when uh, Seppo went down with that a year ago. And at that time, Chad said, you know, he said, when, it, when that happened to me, he said, it took me almost two years to get back. And so we certainly didn't expect to see Seppo Lufau. Uh, back to start 2016, but you have seen no ill effects of that so far. He's been fantastic, and he, and he runs the ball very effectively. He is, is a big man. He does run very well, and they utilize him in the offense. So, so far we've seen no ill effects of uh, that injury. It's been really a, a phenomenal recovery for him.
1: Well, good for him. And looking at that offense, Philip Lindsay, starting at a running back, also has very good hands out of the backfield. I think he was the second leading receiver last year right up there. Uh, along with Lindsay, who are some of the other weapons on the offense that we will see on Saturday?
0: Well, I think they've got a they've got a receiving court that's been very impressive in recent years. They've had a couple of guys come through here, Paul Richardson and Nelson Spruce are both in the NFL now. And we wondered kind of who was going to kind of fill the void of those guys putting up record-setting numbers. Uh, Shea Fields, an explosive young man out of the uh, Los Angeles area, on one side. Bryce Bobo is a big-bodied receiver, about six foot three. A little over 200 pounds. Uh, he's been a guy that's been that's flashed at times this season so far. And then uh, Devin Ross is a guy that had an outstanding game this past weekend. Uh, a little bit smaller, five six, five maybe five seven on a good day, and uh, he's been a very versatile guy out of the slot. So they've got some talent there. They don't use light at, utilize the tight end all that much. They've got a couple of guys who've been relatively effective, but uh, nothing uh, you know like we've seen here in the past. But uh, good receiving core. And then uh, I think in the in the backfield, he talked about Philip Lindsay. Uh, a guy like, uh, oh. I mean, Kyle Evans is the guy that's gotten some snaps here early this season, so he's been out there a little bit. But uh, Philip Lindsey's kind of been kind of the bell cow, if you will, for Colorado in in competitive ballgames.
1: Well, the defense improved uh, last year under D.C. Jim Levitt uh, going from 39 points allowed per game in 2014 to 27.5 in 2015. You have nine starters back, and the D has been very good in the first two games. I think Idaho State didn't cross the uh, 50 until late in the third quarter on Saturday. Tell us about some of the key players on that unit and and what style of a defense we're going to see in the big house Saturday
0: well in fact that, that Bengals team only crossed the 50 because the Buffaloes turned the ball over they you know <laughs> they had under 100 yards of uh, offense that game uh, it's a 3-4 alignment they've gone real more uh, more fully to the 3-4 alignment and it's been kind of a pressure kind of kind of defense Josh Tupo up front he is the nose tackler. He's about three. Well, they list him at 325. He won't tell anybody exactly what he weighs. I do believe he's north of that. He's been very stout up front. Uh, they've got their last three leading tacklers from each of the last three seasons, which is kind of a unique thing because of injury. A different guy has led this team of tackles each of the last three years. They've got those three back uh, in the middle linebackers. They feel very good about that. And, Mike, I'll tell you, this secondary might be as good as any in the country. And I, I say that very objectively. Chita Wouzier. Um, the, uh, one of our guys in our staff did an interview with Mel Kuyper the other day and, and Kuyper said there's not a chance that woozy makes it out of the second round he said he, th- he thinks he's kind of a late first round pick at corner Isaiah Oliver, Akella Witherspoon on the other side, Tedrick Thompson is a, is a playmaker, Ryan Muller, another guy out there so very talented on the back end of his defense which then allows Jim Levitt to be very aggressive up front and use those outside linebackers that 3-4 alignment to put pressure on a poison quarterback so uh, that unit's been a lot of fun to watch so far this season
1: With us on our uh, visitor segment as we get ready for Saturday's game is the uh, radio play-by-play voice of Colorado football, Mark Johnson. Mark, I'm not sure how much, if any, tape you've uh, been able to see yet on Michigan, but UCF uh, did give us some problems with their up-tempo spread on Saturday. They gashed a, a good defense for over 270 yards. Granted, the bulk of that was on four plays. The Buffs are clearly a more athletic team than UCF. Is this offense that we're going to be seeing we know it's up tempo, but is it a, a run first spread? Do they like to uh, air it out more? What is the philosophy?
0: Well, I, I'd say it's a it's pretty balanced from what we've seen here in two games. And again, we're kind of I'm I'm learning this along with everybody else because of the new offensive coordinator we talked about and kind of the differences uh, that they've had in the offense this season. Uh, but but they do try and keep it relatively balanced. And the I guess the one question mark I've got they've run the ball very effectively. They've been over 200 yards rushing in each of their two games so far this season. Uh, now with that being said, you know, you look at the, the teams they played and so certainly those numbers are gonna be padded a little bit. I, I do think the offensive line, as I mentioned earlier, is kinda caught up with Lufa as we talked about the quarterback. Uh, but this weekend, obviously, they get kind of a little bit different beast against uh, against Michigan, and so they'll have a more physical front they've got to deal with. But that unit, it's, it's, a, a, it's not overly veteran in terms of having a lot of upperclassmen, but it's been an, a unit that's played a lot of football as young players. And so they are working through their sophomore and their junior years, and, and uh, I know the Buffaloes feel real good about them. And so, to me, that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch early on in this game is can they compete on the line of scrimmage both offensively and defensively with Michigan?
1: Well, the last time these two teams met was here in Ann Arbor uh, back in 1997. Michigan won 27-3, to 3, uh, and I know you said you've been calling the games for 13 years, Mark, but when I think of past matchups with the Buffs, all I can think about is September 24, 1994, which we're going, we're going to see and hear all week. Six seconds left, Cordell Stewart throws a, a 70-yard touchdown pass in the air to Michael Westbrook, uh, which, of course, stunned all of us. And uh, exhilarated, uh, Buff fans everywhere, that still has to rank as one of the greatest wins of all time for Colorado football, Mark.
0: You know, that that certainly is one of the great moments in in Colorado football history, really in college football history. And I know it didn't go the way of of uh, the Wolverines that game. And in fact, that's part of the reason, Mike, why Cordell Stewart's going to join us uh, doing our sidelines for the game this week. He was a guy who you know, threw the ball, and then Blake Anderson tipped it, and Michael Westbrook caught it. Uh, in front of Ty Law, and uh, obviously it's part of uh, college football lore now. But, uh, yeah, that was a phenomenal game. That still gets a great deal of conversation in the Denver-Boulder area. and obviously is going to have all kinds of uh, talk about it this week.
1: Now, I'm sure we're going to hear and see, as I said, a lot about that. And we remember it here for very different reasons. Uh, <laughs> Without
0: question. <laughs> in this area.
1: Uh, a final thought, though, uh, before we let you get away, Mark. Of course, the great Bill McCartney was uh, the Buffs' head coach then. He's uh, a Riverview, Michigan kid, uh, not far from where I am right now. Same school that Lloyd Carr went to high school uh, at. He was on Bo's staff here in Ann Arbor uh, prior to that. It's going to be honored Saturday uh, at the game. We all know uh, he's ill and, of course, wish him the very best. But talk about what an impact he had on the program, he being Bill McCartney, and how he is remembered in Boulder and by Colorado fans.
0: Well, he is. I mean, I I, I joke all the time. I'll say, you know, whatever they say, uh, you know, uh, about John Wooden in UCLA, they say about Bill McCartney in Colorado. I mean, when he got here, this program was, was in the gutter. Uh, within a few years, he turns it around. He leads him to a national championship. He, uh, obviously, uh, Rashawn Salam wins the Heisman Trophy under Bill McCartney and is revered. And if you've ever spent any time around Mac, and I, I count it as a true blessing that over my 12 years here, I've got a chance to know Mac very, very well. Um, He's impactful. I say about the players from that championship team, it's amazing in 2016 when you talk to those guys, you can hear it's their voice, but it's Bill McCartney's words that come out of their mouth. The loyalty, the, the way they revere him is amazing. And so he is truly a legendary figure, maybe the legendary figure in Colorado Buffalo's football. And uh, yeah, there was some sadness this, uh, this year when just a few months ago his family came out and told us that he's dealing with, uh, dealing with early onset Alzheimer's. And so he's struggling with that. But I I think it's going to be a real treat with his history with the Michigan program, being a native of the state, for him to come back and be the honorary captain out there for the Buffaloes and be part of all that goes on this week. And I I think that's going to be a a wonderful tribute and and, uh, well-deserved by a truly great man.
1: Absolutely. Great man. Great coach uh, revered in this area also and in the Michigan football program. So it's going to be wonderful uh, to see him honored uh, in the big house. Coming up Saturday, of course, 3.30 kickoff uh, Eastern time. Uh, The weatherman says we might get a little bit wet, but it's going to be great to see uh, the Buffs back in the big house. And joining us this week on our preview of the game has been radio play-by-play voice of Colorado football, Mark Johnson. Mark, thanks so much uh, for taking time from your busy schedule and enjoy the weekend here in Ann Arbor.
0: It's been good being on with you, and I'm I'm looking forward to a good game between uh, Colorado and Michigan this weekend.
1: Quick Hits is next as we wrap up the visitor's edition of the show on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the v Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. Wolverine quick hits today. Jordan Lewis has practiced this week but is still working through his injuries. He might be a game time decision. The same with Taco Charlton, who has been hampered by an ankle injury. Other than that, Jim Harbaugh says everyone that was suited up last week is good to go for this Saturday. Drake Johnson and Noah Furbush will not be available again. No word on just what their injuries are or when they'll be back. Here are some game day facts Saturday's game will be the fifth meeting between these two teams. Michigan holds a 3-1 advantage, and we've already talked about that one loss. The last meeting was in 1997 here in the Big House, with Michigan winning 27-3. Mike McIntyre is in his fourth year as head man at CU. His record is 10-27. He's 38-48 overall in his coaching career. Colorado runs a modified spread offense and a 3-4 base defense. According to NFL scouting personnel, the CU defense is anchored by one of the best corners in the game right now, Chidobi Owuzi. The offense is led by the very talented junior quarterback, Sefo Lufau. This kid is the real deal and is probably uh, the best quarterback in college football we haven't heard much about. So watch out for him on Saturday. The Buffs return 18 starters from last year, 9 on both offense and defense. They were 4 and 9 last year, 0 and 8 in the Pac-12. Their last bowl appearance was the 2007 Independence Bowl, where they lost to Alabama 30-24. to They are unranked coming into this week's action, but did pick up a few votes keeping them just outside of the top 25. The weatherman says temps will be in the 70s on Saturday, and there will be passing showers and a possible thunderstorm. So just like last week, bring your rain gear. The new interactive sports app I've been telling you about is set to go in October. It is unlike anything we have ever seen. Gaming apps are available and out there 24-7, but there is nothing that lets you interact with your favorite team while they are playing the game. This app is simply amazing. For more info or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave a cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and make sure you leave your cell number. This app will take gaming to another new and very interactive level, so check it out. Thanks again to Colorado radio voice Mark Johnson for being my guest this week. Next week, we get ready for the start of Big Ten play with Penn State making their way to the big house. On Tuesday, my guest will be senior editor Chris Ballas from The Wolverine.com. Then on Thursday's Visitor's Edition, Penn State radio play-by-play voice Steve Jones will join me. So make sure you come back for that. That will do it for this Visitor's Edition of The Michigan Man. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Whether you're at the Big House, listening on the radio, or watching on BTN, enjoy the game. It should be a good one. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue.